Welcome to the Naples Community Church Podcast with Pastor Kurt Anderson. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you find this sermon inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. We trust God has great things in store for you. Enjoy today's message. Hear the word of God as it comes to us from the 46th chapter of Genesis. So Jacob set out for Egypt with all his possessions. And when we came to Beersheba, he offered sacrifices to the God of his father, Isaac. During the night, God spoke to him in a vision. Jacob, Jacob, he called. Here I am, Jacob replied. I am God, the God of your father, the voice said. Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for there I will make your family into a great nation. I will go down with you to Egypt and I will bring you back again. But you will die in Egypt with Joseph attending to you. So Jacob left Beersheba and his sons took him to Egypt. They carried him and their little ones and their wives in the wagons that Pharaoh had provided for them. They also took all their livestock and all the personal belongings that they had acquired in the land of Canaan. So Jacob and his entire family went to Egypt, sons and grandsons, daughters and granddaughters, all his descendants. As they neared their destination, Jacob sent Judah ahead to meet Joseph and get directions to the region of Goshen. And when they finally arrived there, Joseph prepared his chariot and traveled to Goshen to meet his father, Jacob. When Joseph arrived, he embraced his father and wept, holding him for a long time. Finally, Jacob said to Joseph, now I am ready to die, since I have seen your face again and know that you are still alive. May God add his understanding to this hearing of his word. So they meet. They embrace. It's, it's a story like that of the prodigal son story where father and son who have been separated meet with one another and they, they collapse into each other with great love despite the realities of everything that's gone before. What really matters is that they have come back together, that, that they are reconciled. And This is a a source of great pain in the human condition. When we find ourselves in a place where we are in some way alienated, and so often that alienation is, is in relationship to our father. Sometimes it's mom, but so often it's dad. But the ministry of reconciliation is what the scriptures are all about. It's never about, yeah, he did bad stuff, and so you are justified in holding all that bad stuff against him. The intent is always coming back together. The hope is always reconciliation. And so these, these two men collide into one another. They embrace, and for father and son, 
it's a very precious, sweet moment where they, they have that prolonged time of just holding each other, being restored, being made one again as father and son. But we have to wonder what's going on. What's fascinating is that then Jacob goes to Pharaoh. Now, Pharaoh has made all of this happen. Through Joseph, he was able to provide all of these goods and services that brought Jacob and his whole family of 70 that were still back in Canaan, brought them all in and prepared for them some of the richest land up on the Nile Delta, where there was plenty of water and there was plenty of rich soil. So Pharaoh made this, this all possible. And, and Joseph, of course, who is Pharaoh's right-hand man, is the one through whom this all comes to pass. But what happens next is that Jacob goes in, meets Pharaoh, and Jacob blesses Pharaoh, which I find fascinating. Jacob goes in and puts a blessing on Pharaoh. Now, these people that are coming out of Canaan are among the most detested of people. We get a hint of this in the passage that I didn't read, but... Joseph tells his brothers, now when you see Pharaoh, don't tell him that you're shepherds because the Egyptians hate shepherds. (laughs) So they're shepherds. And these are farmers. Probably like an old West drama where the, the farmers and the shepherds don't like each other. Farmers and ranchers fight with one another over over barbed wire and that kind of thing. But they don't like shepherds. But when the boys go in to see Pharaoh, they forget, and they tell Pharaoh, we're shepherds. (laughs) But it doesn't matter. Somehow it doesn't matter that, that old hatreds have melted away. And what matters is that these, this family is here, and because of any number of circumstances and things that we don't see, Pharaoh's heart has opened up to receive them all to welcome them and to give them some of the finest land. So we have to wonder what's going on. Once again, no one is a good guy in this story. They have all fouled up. They've all done wrong things. They've all lied. They've all cheated. They've all deceived. Even Jacob, way back when, swiped his birthright from his brother. I mean, there are no good guys in this story. So what is going on? How can this be? Perhaps the the evidence of inspiration in this story. By inspiration, I mean God has breathed into this. The breath of God is in this story. And it's, it's more than just good literature. It's a story that has an unanticipated consequence to it. Because more than, more than just someone who writes really well, we have a story that somehow provides evidence that in the midst of all of this human drama, all of this ordinary stuff, God is the one who's in charge. God is bringing something about. 
So when Jacob goes in and blesses Pharaoh, they don't even think about it at the time, but in retrospect, we realize this is how Genesis is supposed to be because the blessing to Abraham was so that through him, all the nations of the world would be blessed. Kind of an unintentional fulfillment of what God is doing through faulty, frail human beings. That God is, God's purpose is being worked out even through these, this, this collection of bad actors. Now this, this is an important reminder to all of us because we all have bad actors in our lives. We've all experienced bad acting, bad people, evil things done to us. And can we believe that in the midst of it all, that God is still acting? That God is working through it all? That God is still in charge of all of this even though we don't see him? The few times that we hear something specific about God is when it's referring to Jacob. Jacob is the one who wrestled with God. And God comes to him in dreams and that sort of thing. But he's, he's an old man, so we can dismiss what he says. But in the midst of it all, where, where is God? All of a sudden, all of a sudden we see the fulfillment happen. And that is that, that Jacob then goes and blesses Pharaoh. Through your ancestry, the word came to Abraham, all the nations of the world will be blessed. And then Joseph with his brothers, Joseph with his brothers are together and Jacob is at the end of his years. And he's with him, with his father, as his father dies. And he is there to close his father's eyes. And the, the brothers are a little nervous now. And the brothers are anxious because now father's gone. So now is Joseph, who is also one of the bad actors, is he gonna exact revenge for their selling him into slavery? So they sent this message to Joseph. Before your father died, he instructed us to say to you, please forgive your brothers for the great wrong they did to you, for their sin in treating you so cruelly. So we, the servants of God your father, beg you to forgive our sin. When Joseph received this message, he broke down and wept. And his brothers came and threw themselves down before Joseph. Look, they said, we are your slaves. But Joseph replied, don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for all good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. That's for that phrase, you intended it for evil, but God intended it for good. Through a bunch of bad actors, crazy, but God can still bring about his intent. God can still bring about what he wants to see happen, even through people like us, bad actors. 
God can still get it done. And so our Lord, through a set of circumstances in life, is still active. And, and yet we, in our perspective, when we're going through something, we, we ask, why? Why is this happening to me? Why is this occurrence going on? Why do condos collapse and people die? Why do we have so much injustice in our world? Why do we have all of these bad things that are happening? We ask that question, why, all the time. And, and we never have an answer for it. Maybe the reason we don't have an answer is because it's the wrong question. Maybe the question is not why, but what? What? Remember the story of Jesus when he encountered the, the young man who was born blind? And the disciples asked him, who sinned? His parents sinned that he was born blind? In other words, the disciples were asking, why? Why did this happen? And Jesus responded, not with a why, but with a what? And he said, this is so that God would be glorified. In other words, when we ask why, we're asking a question about the past. We want to look at the past and try to fix this. But God always points us to the future and says, this is happening so that God would be glorified. So it's not, not the why, but it's the what. What is God doing? When I, I was reminded of this one this past week when I was up in Michigan. And I went to Michigan to Christ Memorial Church. And, um, and I've asked many times, why? When I arrived there, and you know, young kids. And, and in the first few weeks, I experienced some really harsh treatment from staff members. And at some point, not too long after I arrived, I uncovered a document that one of the associates had written to the executive pastor about being so glad when people were criti critical of me. And I'd only been there a few months, if, if that. And I, I remember asking, why? What have I done? What did I do? How does this unfold? And I was there at the at pastor of that church for only two and a half years. And even though things went well, and the church grew, and we, we set some records financially, I just was still poorly treated. And I, I, I just, God, why? I asked the wrong question. What I should have asked is, God, what are you doing? And when I was in Michigan with my son and his daughter, both of them met at the University of Florida. And then I was surrounded by all the love and the chaos of that family. Part of the, the reason that I saw that God was acting was those two had to come together.
Those little kids had to be here, not up there. That God was working something out. God was working out a purpose. And then I thought, this church has to be here. I had to come down to First Presbyterian Church and, and experience some things, not at the hands of that church, but at the hands of the presbytery that resulted in this church. And at the time, I was asking why. It was the wrong question. I should have asked what. God, what are you doing? There are times I think that God doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> but he does. So rather than asking why, to ask what, when we're going through those times, ask what, Lord, is your intent? What, Lord, is that, that you're bringing about? We all live a bunch, amongst a bunch of bad actors, and that bad acting affects us deeply sometimes. And they may intend it for evil, but God intends it for good. And so, likewise must we look at the hard things that happen in our lives. And yes, we get caught in that why question that never goes away. But when we ask the what question, we begin to see what God is doing. And what God is doing is always bringing about his best intent for you and for me. Toward the end that he might know of, of his loving embrace at all times, his steadfast love. You bow with me in prayer. And so, Lord, We can't answer that question, why? That question drives people into the, into the gutter. It drives us into a place where, because we can't answer it, we find ourselves in despair. So may we ask the right question. What are you doing? We don't need to know why. Just what are you doing? And may our eyes be open to what it is that is unfolding through you to us. In Jesus' name, amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, there are a few things you can do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.naplescommunitychurch.org. If you happen to be visiting Naples, please drop in for our Sunday service at 10 a.m. We'd love to meet you. Thanks again for joining us. Have a fabulous day.